Welcome to the 10th episode of the Unleashed Academy podcast. My name is Dylan Taylor and in today's podcast we'll be talking about innovation and product management. Joining us today from the product team is Matt O'Grady. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Thank you. Tell us a bit about your history with Unleashed. How did you get a start in the industry? So I've been here about six years. I uh, started back in support uh, as a support uh, consultant. Um, we had about five or six people, um, one being the founder and one being the CEO, who are both still, still with the business. Um, I was previously working at a similar software company, I guess a bit of a, a legacy system, uh, desktop-based, uh, not cloud-based, and I uh, got approached by Unleashed, so yeah, it was really a good opportunity and, and yeah, haven't looked back since then. Uh, were there many challenges involved with moving from like your traditional desktop-based system to a cloud-based system? Uh, main difference was probably that it was a startup. So back then, uh, the more well-established legacy system uh, was a lot different environment to a startup where you're doing a lot more than just one role. So it was good, good learning experience, um, and it's been good to see the business grow in all the different areas, whether it's sales, support, development, all of those, all those different areas. So you sort of add your own personal touch to how the company is is you know developing and progressing as well, right? Yeah, so I think that's where leading into product management really helped was that there was no dedicated product management back then. The CEO or the um, founder was was essentially product management. So once we got bigger and once we needed that that role, um, so stepping into that was a logical process, which also meant I had my own um, input into into where the product went in the direction. Uh, progression uh, within a business is always um, an appeal for any any employee. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest change you've seen within the company? Um, probably the mature maturity within the company. So again, back when it was a startup, five six people, um, it's a lot different to say now where we've got say 60, 60 or so staff spread across um, spread across the world. So. Small office in Albany versus big office here. There's a lot of different changes in dynamics and and the more the processes that you've got to put in place. So managing sixty people versus five, it's a it's a lot different when it comes to uh, any process really, uh, whether it's the actual product development or the sales process or uh, marketing. Even um, we didn't have anybody in marketing back then. Again, that, that's now got a whole team dedicated to it. So. Yeah, probably the, the team and the people and process is the biggest change. And now instead of just customers approaching you, you've got the entire staff asking you questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's not just uh, thousands of customers. Yeah, you've got 50 other staff that you can see every day and you, try and learn their names as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you answer the question, you're already halfway there. Aren't yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, as a product manager, what outline what you do in Unleashed. Like... What do you look forward to when you go to work, apart from table tennis with me, obviously? <laughs> um, it is that having being that customer's voice, I guess. Um, myself, I'm very logical, so I think I can take what a customer's saying and, and apply a bit of logic to that to understand what, what problem it is that they're trying to solve. So probably the problem-solving part and, and being logical about that, but at the same time doing it in a nice way where, where there's a good experience for the user. 
Um, yeah, that, that's pro probably the main thing, just dealing with customers' problems, but just their product problems, not their personal problems. <laughs> of course. Um, I guess, yeah, as, as you have been in the industry for quite a while, you can quite quickly see, you know, someone's coming at you saying, this is my problem, but you can sort of look at that and go, yeah, well, that, that's the overarching problem, but your real problem is this, this, and this, and sort of taking in what they're saying and then figuring out what they actually mean sort yeah. of thing as so well. Yeah, com so coming up with that solution, that, that, whole, that whole process to get to that solution and then doing it in a way that's not just doing what they asked, um, but actually going back and solving what the, what the problem is, is really, I guess, interesting to me. Plus, everybody's got a different view, every business will be a bit different. So approaching a problem from a, a way that other businesses can benefit as well, not just uh, one individual customer of ours, um, it wouldn't make sense just to build it just for their one process. So it's good just having a, a way to balance all of these different areas and come up with a solution that, that works. Yeah, because too many times, you know, there, there's, you know, the, the, the problem is presented, the problem is fixed. I think, you know, a, a big part of, of what we do well is, is education as well, you know, rather than just saying, here's your answer, you know, um, we actually go back a step and say, okay, well, this is, this is the step one, um, this is why it happened, and, you know, mm -hmm. go through and actually teach them um, why it is a problem and yeah. how to fix it sort of thing. Yeah, customers, or anyone, myself included, or or anyone might approach a company or a product that they're using and they'll have an idea of what the, the best solution is or you just need to do this or you need to do that and telling them this is how it should work. But yeah, it's taking that and not just reacting um, and doing exactly what they say. It's, it's to evaluate whatever they say. Sometimes they might be right. Other times there might be a whole bunch of other issues that might cause or like I was saying earlier, it might just only apply to them. So it's trying to make it so it's going to help everybody that's going to use the product, not just not just them. Yeah, I, I guess it goes back to that um, that reference. You know, there's the 99 bugs in the code, fix one bug, 108 bugs in the code yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Um, how do you think SAS has changed since you started? Uh, since I started, so I mean six years ago, probably the, I guess, adoption, people are more open to it, to adopting a cloud-based product um, versus, say, six years ago where they're not as used to it. I mean, all over the news, Zero being a big success helps, um, but every day-to-day, -day, every, all the products that people are using day-to-day -day help that, I guess, your Facebook, your Social media is all SaaS based. Um, so translating that into the business business world, um, people are coming to realize that it's, it's I guess, the way of the future and can save them money and, and time. Um, yeah. So like the, the implementation of other SaaS based products being business based, social based, that sort of thing has sort of helped, I guess, the generation evolve to a point where now we're, we're going, well, actually, I don't want this installed on my computer. I don't want to have to have the processing mm -hmm. power to do this. So, Yeah, they, um, that, that whole, I guess, acceptance of it, there will still get people that are comfortable with what they've got at the moment. Um, if it's not broken, they're not going to try and fix it. Um, but they'll see that their competitors or new entrants to their market can easily and, and not as 
costly as in the past, just set up a, a product or a system and try it out, trial a, a product out, see how the market reacts. And yeah, versus back then you'd need to invest a lot of time in servers and pro, uh, software and people. And, and now it could be one man band who's got same tools as a, a huge company uh, enterprise. Yeah, I think Shopify is a really good example of that because, you know, years ago you had to pay some some web developer $10,000 to set up your e-commerce platform. You know, that's a huge expense for a business, whereas now you can sign up for a free mm-hmm. trial, something you don't have to install, and the user, fa- user interface is such that you can just, you know, customize your own website yourself. Yeah, that's we see a lot of that with, with it's a little bit hard for us as well uh, in that, the ease of somebody setting up a business and signing up to a, a product, it's just as easy for their business to not turn out how they expected it. They're just trialing it for six months to see if it takes off. Or they can easily transfer to another product, for example. It's a lot easier for them to, to walk away from something when they're not investing tens of thousands of dollars as well. So you've got to make the product good enough that they're not going to walk away and make it as sticky as possible for them to, to want to use it. Yeah, yeah, being easy easy to set up and also just as easy to walk away from. You know, it's yeah. a fine line that you've got to dance mm-hmm. there. How how do you think the um that the changes in the SaaS industry have affected your job? Uh probably mostly positive. Um I mean being a it being a big growth uh industry, that's gonna help, I guess, with opportunities out there and, and the skills that I'm learning. Um at the same time, there's a lot more experts. So being it's still, I guess, quite early uh, in terms of any technology, it's, it's still five, six years ago. Like I was saying, it was quite, quite new back then. Um, the good thing that is that there's still a lot to learn and a lot more changes to come. Um, so being early on is, is depends how you define early, but um, it, yeah, it means that anyone in that industry, it's it's really a lot of opportunity for them. Plus lots of, I guess, conferences or, or knowledge sharing type type things going on within the industry as people learn and fail and, and learn and fail. Yeah, so it's good. So I guess really, you know, adapting it um, from when you started, seeing what other people have done and, and where they've gone wrong sort of, I guess, helps shape how unleashed is how you operate now sort of thing yeah i mean we would have made plenty of mistakes along the way um others can learn from that other products if um, people here can learn from it for future um stop from being a future mistake um at the same time in 10 years time there'll be plenty of um, people looking back and not making the same mistakes that that SaaS companies have made um in the past so i mean it's because of that that growth there's just so much more learning to do and so much yeah so so much more opportunity i guess um being the positive part yeah yeah and and i guess you know there's 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 more than one way to write some code so mm-hmm. yeah that's there's always going to be something better um if you started a product now you'd do it totally different to how you'd have done it 6 years ago development wise and and probably process wise but uh, it's just taking what you've what you've got and um, yeah, making it as good as it can be. Okay. Uh, speaking of big changes, um, Amazon established the presence in Australia late last year. What effect did that have on Unleashed? Uh, so Unleashed, we were already looking at integrating with Amazon, um, being a big player in the US. Um, 
Plus, uh, I've got a presence in Europe and UK and a couple of other regions. Um, the Australian one was an interesting one, probably because Unleashed has got most of their customers in Australia, New Zealand. Um, plus, the general, I guess, view that Amazon would would ruin retailers or uh, yeah, retailers were very worried about what, what impact it was going to have. So, it's a combination of making sure that we've got integrations with the right tools uh, that people are using so that they're prepared to integrate with uh, Amazon Australia if that needed to be uh, needed to be done for, for their I guess for them to, to carry on business um, predominantly unleashed customers aren't retailers uh, we're not targeting them as much it's not to say that we don't have people selling retail or at least even just a part of their business um, so that there will be people that need the Amazon Australia integration. It's still very early on for Amazon Australia anyway. So I think it would be hard for, for anybody to say whether or not it's going to impact retailers in Australia the way it did. Um, but for Unleashed, it's, I guess, BAU in terms of just building an integration for a tool that our customers may need uh, and probably will at least want to trial out. Um, and, yeah, I know Amazon being... Uh, as big as they are, they're going to be really pushing it to, to people in Australia and trying to make it a success. So at the same time, leveraging all the stuff that they're doing in Australia for Amazon, we can have a product or an integration that can easily be um, marketed at the same time, which is good timing. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Amazon also pushes for, you know, fulfilled by you know, mm -hmm. sort of sort of scenario. So it's not exactly taking over. It's sort of working with those little businesses, mm -hmm. getting bigger exposure, and having unleashed being able to talk to that system is just going to make it a lot better for. Yeah. So for, Amazon fulfillment is, yeah, I guess a, a no brainer if, if somebody is using Amazon. So I know that they've definitely approached businesses in Australia to be earlier adopt early adopters of of their product. Um, so using Amazon, it would become a no-brainer if, if you've got a third-party warehouse to look into using Amazon's product there as well. So, yeah, you can use your, your Amazon Prime um, subscription if you're using Fulfillment by Amazon. So, yeah, I don't know about the drone deliveries yet, but, um, yeah, it would be under Prime, I think. Nice. Yeah. Drones, a uh, whole, whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. Um, cool. So I guess... Amazon, it is and it isn't going to affect, um, you know, Unleashed. Yeah, I mean, Unleashed as a product, it will just be another tool in, in somebody's toolbox, I guess, if they're going to need an e-commerce that um, they want to be able to, I guess, sell to a wide, wide audience with um, very little work. Um, the, there are downsides to it. Again, it's mainly for retailers the general public that are going to be buying off, off Amazon uh, at the moment anyway. Um, but yeah, to us it's just similar to a, a Shopify integration or a, um, a Magento integration, uh, just another e-commerce that people may use um, regardless of their business. Cool. Yeah, well it's good to know the options there anyway, or coming rather. Um, speaking of uh, releasing and future upgrades, um, Unleashed releases heaps of new features throughout the year. How do you deliver a new feature? Uh, it's hard to say a general way that it's delivered. I mean, like we're talking about integrations, for example, would definitely have a, 
an early beta phase. Um, so anyone who's interested in a particular integration, if they've showed interest in the past, we'll approach them, get them to test it out earlier on, assuming they're happy to, to be a bit of a guinea pig. Um, so yeah, we'll usually go through that, that beta phase, making sure everything works and tailoring it to, to I guess, their business processes. Um, versus we'll be making lots of small changes. So usually those small changes will be going out week to week. We don't have any beta tests for, for these smaller ones, but um, yeah, it really depends on, on the feature. Um, usually we'll approach customers who have shown interest and, and let them know early on and try to get feedback from them. So I guess depending on the scale depends on the approach. Yeah, of yeah. There yeah. could be um, some bigger changes, they say, not so much a feature, but um, moving everybody to a new data center closer to where they are, uh, that there would involve a lot diff uh, a bigger change, but a, a lot different approach to say releasing a feature local to everybody uh, would need to do some downtime, that sort of thing. Whereas okay. feature releases, typically no downtime, it's more of a um, just get it out there and, and turn it on for the people that, that need to use it. Okay, so if we take an example of like an um, un Unleashed-based feature, mm -hmm. what goes on behind the scenes, like the day before, on the day, the day after? What, 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 what sort of gears are turning in the, in the Unleashed machine? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you asked me that question six years ago, it would be a lot different to what it is today. <laughs> so six years ago, it would probably be somebody at midnight uh, making sure it works, um, getting, getting the product out there and then making sure it works again um, once it's in, into production. Uh, nowadays we've got a full suite of processes or full suite of tests. So we, we've got at least a week's lead time of, of people testing each individual change. We employ a bit of automation um, testing, so good coverage of the product that isn't somebody sitting at their desk keying away at it. It would be automated so we can easily get good coverage in terms of testing. Uh, and then that following week, assuming all has gone well, we will release that into to production, um, which involves some early morning starts for, for some team members. But yeah, make sure everybody's not using the product. So the quietest time would be when we release release changes. A lot of, uh, uh, and a little bit of crossing fingers and holding your tongue right and stuff. Well, the big well. ones, yeah. I mean, a lot of the time we've got, like I said, the automation gives you some good confidence. You know what's going to work. Um, of course, there's always going to be scenarios where you haven't covered it, but the good news is that we can go back and, and add that coverage for future so we don't make the same mistake twice. But, yeah. I guess it's win or learn. Yep, yeah, nice. good way to look at it. Yeah. Um, businesses are continually looking to cut costs while boosting efficiency. This in turn fuels the continued growth of the SaaS industry. Are there any trends you can identify in the SaaS industry and what they will mean for Unleashed? Uh, I guess automation's probably the biggest one. Um, if you can think purely in terms of money um, and not so much people, if, if you can replace somebody's role with not so much a robot, but a, an, a way to automate a process, then it's the easiest way to, to look at savings. Um, let's say you've got somebody entering a information into a system for your, all your online sales. If you could automate that link between your your online sales portal, Amazon, Magento, Shopify, and key that automatically into Unleashed um, through an API, for example, then that person's time 
is either not needed or they can spend it somewhere else, um, maybe selling or, or doing something a bit more efficient than keying in uh, orders from one system to another. So I guess, yeah, it's always automation, always trying to re replace some mundane or simple task, um, sometimes complex, with some software or, or a tool. Um, so you can spend your time focusing on making the business better. Yeah, like uh, um, if uh, we could, you know, get an automated podcast done, like yeah, yeah that would just increase productivity. Elsewhere. Yeah, uh, okay, we could <laughs> chat uh, over. Yeah, yeah. Skype. I mean, yeah, yeah, or you know, like a Stephen Hawking conversation. Yeah, but I guess no matter how you look at it, the human element of any business is basically the biggest expense. You know, mm -hmm. there and and you know and laws and and all sorts of stuff goes into that sort of thing. So I guess, yeah, I mean, as, as cold and, and yeah. machine-like as it seems, you know, sometimes it can actually be, you know, the best move forward for a business. Yeah, it's the easiest way to measure um, what sort of benefit you can get as well if you can say you save this much time. It's the easiest way to see, okay, well, we're saving that much money. Mm -hmm. Nice. I guess that's how you moved up in the ranks as well. And we had a bit of automation to replace you. Yeah, well, I didn't need to. Yeah, didn't need to be in the support team anymore. Then <laughs> testing, and then yeah, no more, no more Matt and testing. <laughs> nice. Um, Unleashed has plenty of integrations with other software, from accounting platforms like Zero to point of sale software like Vend. How does Unleashed pick and choose which integrations will be beneficial to our customers? Uh, I guess two ways really, there'd be the customer requests, so given that we've got uh, over 2,500 customers, we'll have people asking for integrations to particular platforms. Um, that's the easiest way I guess because they're, I guess the popularity would, you'd expect that people who aren't our customers will have the same, same requirements. Um, but there are strategic integrations as well. So. Uh, you could look at a, for example, counting provider. Maybe if we were to be looking at going into a certain market uh, where the predominant accounting provider isn't Zero or a QuickBooks, it could be some other, some other product. Then we could look at integrating with them. Where, of course, we wouldn't get people asking for that right now. Um, but yeah, we would have the requirement to be going into that market to integrate with them. So mainly those two really are customer needs or or a strategic approach to it. Yeah. So I guess assessing client-based requirements versus market research and, mm -hmm. and feedback and that yeah. sort of thing as well. That's right. Okay. Um, what about in the case where a company approaches Unleashed to say, hey, we like what you do, we want what we do to work with what you do? Like, mm -hmm. what, what's the, the, is it the same principle again there or? Uh, yeah, it, it'll be a, a number of different things there. So yeah, as we got in bigger, uh, earlier on, we could sometimes bow to their, I guess, request depending on their size. Um, when you're dealing with, uh, again, over two and a half thousand customers, uh, a lot of the time we have to learn to say no, um, even if they have got a lot of resource to, to back it up. Um, we do have APIs, so that they're, Unleashed is extendable, I guess, into whatever their processes are. Assuming it's uh, outside of Unleashed that they're wanting to customize or, or something to interact with Unleashed. Uh, if they're wanting to change Unleashed, we do have uh, just recently options for people to 
uh, pay for, for accelerated development of features. Um, there are some limitations, still very early days, but um, it is an option for, for those uh, companies who are a bit bigger and, and, and need those changes made. But yeah, typically we'll see people changing or making those changes and using our API to, to interact with Unleashed and, and make those changes automatically. Yeah, I guess with any sort of component solution like um, Unleashed, there, there comes, you know, there's only so many requirements that you can meet and, you know, yeah. custom, custom work is, um, I think, a big part of developing uh, a software for that customer but also other customers as well. So it's really a win-win and when you're uh, looking at spending $100,000 on an ERP system where you can spend, you know, 220 bucks on Unleashed, a month and then you know maybe put 10 grand into it to get something out of it you know it really becomes quite yeah, a beneficial relationship yeah that's right i mean there's not always a guarantee i mean if somebody's waving a whole bunch of money um, in front of us it's not always a guaranteed uh, option to just customize it to their to their needs like i was saying earlier it still needs to benefit our other customers um mm -hmm. otherwise we're not doing them any justice in terms of what they're they're paying for um but yeah, if, if it benefits everybody, then we'd see it as a no-brainer if we didn't have options in place to, to help everyone, but also help that business who's willing to, to pay. Seems like every time we, we, we do these sort of in, um, interviews, it always comes back to, well, if that would suit our customers, you know, <laughs> so customers are very much at the, at the heart of everything um, Unleashed does. So mm -hmm. that's really, um, really good to see across multiple different um, you know, departments. Um, moving on, what do you think of the new currency trend Bitcoin? Have we, uh, have we the option to enter Bitcoin into a currency in Unleashed or? Um, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know how uh, accepted it is, um, in terms of business transactions, people paying for their invoices in Bitcoin or, or point whatever Bitcoin it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's something I think people should keep an eye on in terms of what the, I guess, the business cases or business uses for it. Um, of everyone uh, look, talking about it in the news, from, from my opinion, yeah, it's, it's still early days before anyone can, can say whether or not it's going to be uh, a long-term success. But um, yeah, I, I, I've got my, my guess is as good as the next person in terms of what the future of that is. It's a, it's a tricky one. Yeah, it's quite volatile, like, uh, mm -hmm. like lots of fluctuations. So yeah, yeah, I guess after a significant amount of time, it'll sort of even out and then sort of reassess whether it's a real currency or not. Yeah, well, I can say that we're definitely not going to be mining any any Bitcoin <laughs> using our, our servers or anything like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, downtime is literally downtime. There's no mining. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about predictions. Do you think AI will be a part of our daily lives, not just on the business side? Yeah, I think it already is, I guess, in terms of like things like social media, you wouldn't expect um, it to be included in some of those, some of the tools that you're already using. But um, yeah, key thing for business, I think Xero is a good example of, of how they've incorporated it into helping people choose what accounts to to use for um, for different transactions, so not replacing an accountant's job. I don't think they can go as far <laughs> as that, but it would at least help them and their accountant to make sure that everything is is coded to the right account, save time. Um, 
as as small as that might sound, there's probably a lot of stuff going in behind the scenes there. So I'd expect similar stuff to happen over the next uh, five, ten years of um, of AI improvements, I guess, or development. In terms of Unleashed, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see um, what we're going to do in that space. But yeah, it's all about the the data for us. Uh, once we've got all of that, we can start looking at how to improve our uh, customers' day-to-day lives using using all that data. I guess it goes back to, again, that human element sort of thing. If you can have an AI that can go through the basic questions or guidance, then, you know, then that just removes that, that whole you know, cost of having someone actually figuring out what the person is saying, identifying where they need to go, and, mm-hmm. and resolving you know, with, with no potential for that to actually be a sale as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And on the AI side, I mean, you pretty much can't walk into a coffee store now and say, hey, Siri, without someone's phone going off. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, you have to also talk about the Android people as well. Oh, yeah. Cortana, out. is it? No, that's Windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. What does the product team have in store for Unleashed this year? Any hints of new features or integrations? Uh, this year, we're making a big... Uh, push into the UK market as well um, so not that the UK is much different to our Australia New Zealand businesses um, so a lot of the stuff that would be doing tailored towards them would be benefiting um, everybody uh, the the main stuff I think we're looking at is, is at least improving a lot of the production module um, so scaling that out a little bit there'll be some integrations into key key tools um, so Amazon Amazon Australia uh, would be early early this year, um, and just general um, general improvements across the whole product in terms of user experience, a bit more responsiveness on different devices versus say tablets. Um, yeah, it's probably just a general. Didn't hear uh, any of my requests. Um, yeah. and, and, and no, no. Well, no. <laughs> it all comes down to um, yeah, the customer. Oh, the customer yeah, saying, well, of course. Not what Dylan's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Naturally, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, so um, just touching on that um, that UK expansion. So now, now that Unleashed has a presence in the UK bigger than ever before, what sort of advantages and challenges has expanding into a new market brought? Um, probably the I guess the insight into different types of businesses. So I'm saying it's not not very different in terms of Australia, New Zealand, and the UK, but there are different sizes I guess of of customer. So when you're talking about a business in New Zealand, um, it is a lot different to say a business in the UK in terms of size and scale. So it's probably that that is something new that we will need to learn, I guess, and maybe uh, take a different approach to when, when developing things and just to assess the scale of, of a business might be different between the two regions. Um, but yeah, at the same time, every region is going to have, or every country region will, will have their own quirks in terms of laws and um, regulations and things like that so that would probably be a, a big one as well just to keep an eye on all of that just to make sure that we're not, not breaking the law. A good topical example of that is the GDPR uh, requirements with the EU and, and people's data so people being able to know what data a company is, is storing about them um, and being able to get them to remove it if they request it so there's lots of regulations like that probably not interesting to some people but yeah it is something that we need to keep an eye on and 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 can 
form with. So, yeah. I guess being a country that has actually been under the Commonwealth, you know, for such a long time, it's going to be obviously be it's a smoother transition than, you know, say. Um, like moving into Germany or, or yeah, something or China, like that. China would be a, a good example yeah. of we wouldn't would have to change a lot of stuff in terms of hosting and um, make sure Unleashed is able to be run on Windows Seven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and actually, yeah, within China because they can't access um, yeah. stuff uh, in New Zealand. So yeah, also like um, I mean a lot of um, a lot of sort of re resource outlets. Four businesses are on YouTube, and you know YouTube is banned in, yeah. in China, so that would be a big, a big yeah, help to overcome. Help videos would be very hard to to get to them. Um, so yeah, that's it's not a focus of Unleashed at the yeah, moment, yeah. but um, yeah, there's yeah, there's lots of reasons for that. Awesome. Um, cool. Well, Hawaii Cable is pointing to another milestone as preparations continue for its five hundred million dollar internet cable to the United States. What impact will this new asset have on businesses and our personal lives? Uh, it's hard to say. My own opinion, I guess, would be your obvious stuff around speed and, and I guess, resiliency or, or reliability on, on that network. Now, that there would be two, two cables going. Um, I mean, uh, in terms of Unleashed, we do have hosting in the U.S., um, I don't know in terms of speed and response time or performance in general how it might impact that. Hopefully, hopefully it is it is good. But I guess there would be that that sense of reliability that there's going to be a, a backup in case something goes down. So if we were to have to go through Australia and around the entire world to get to uh, the UK, for example, or, or the US, it would take a lot longer than what it currently does if, if we didn't have that cable. So I think. I can't comment much on that other than you know, the obvious ones around reliability and potentially performance uh, gains from it. So, yeah, we'll be closely looking at what, what happens there once that one's working. Yeah, I guess just, you know, latency will hopefully become a thing of the past Yeah, sort of thing. Um, what are some top tips for uh, new developers? For new developers, probably get involved in the customers not lives as such personal but the customers world um, in terms of the product you're you're building um, I think it would really help just as a product person um, being able to talk to a developer or, or try and explain to a developer why they're building something and, and get some buy-in um, it'll help the developer as well as the product person to to get to that end goal, that vision of, of what the product is, is supposed to do. Um, yeah, that, that understanding would also help in terms of development as well. I mean, you don't want to just be told this is what needs to happen, do it and, and then don't get any feedback as well from, from the customers of what you've worked on. So yeah, get involved in that, that whole customer's world of, of whatever product it is or the user's world um, and yeah, that would help hell of a lot um i guess it goes back to that whole the answer isn't just black and white you know there's there's a million reasons why this is happening and mm -hmm. understanding those reasons will probably help you know future code or, yeah, or anything yeah. like that um I, I guess another tip would probably be around the environment uh share i guess a problem with your peers if, if you're struggling um 
I know here at Unleashed, if, if somebody's having a problem, it's not usually the first time some somebody's come across that or something similar. So probably be to, to share that with, with somebody, whether it's a team lead or just a, a colleague. Um, yeah, you'd be surprised how much time you might save if it's some obvious thing that every single other person or developers come across at some stage, they, they might be able to help. So yeah, communication nice. key. And get some sun too as well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, software's out there, release new updates weekly or monthly. You know, when will Unleashed have an, the next big update uh, for the software itself? Uh, so something I didn't mention earlier, which is the reporting tool, which we're, yeah. we're looking at, which is, a, again, tied to what was, again, talking about around all the data that we've, we've got for our customers. Um, that would probably be one of the bigger bigger changes. Um, yeah, the, the tool itself will allow people to build their, their custom reports um, on top of whatever data that they've got. So whatever they're pumping into Unleashed, there'll be a huge amount of value that they can, can get out of whatever they've entered, whether it's uh, delivery times for their orders that they don't, for their suppliers that they don't know about, lead times, uh, production times, that sort of thing, which Unleashed would love to build themselves and share with them, um, but yeah, it's, it's not always feasible for us to be building all of this stuff at the rate that people want it. So having a, a tool that can sit on top of the data and, and have customers build it themselves would probably be the biggest thing, um, biggest project and biggest thing that we'd be looking at in the near, near future. So yeah, if anyone's interested, they can always uh, reach out because we, we want to get ideas of how it could be used. One thing I find after speaking to everyone in the product team is that you ask for a date and you get a completely different tangent. So yep. well done, you guys are very consistent. Uh, I guess all the testing and you know making sure it's actually going to work plays a lot in that. So mm -hmm. you don't want to say, oh yeah, on the 15th of June this is coming and then on the 15th, oh it doesn't actually work. Yeah. yeah, well I mean any person in software development or anyone who's dealt with somebody who's a developer would know that whatever date they give you, you'd want to add a good buffer to that. Um, so right from the, the person who says the first date, there'll be a buffer added to that, the next person will add a buffer, and, and even then they'll still probably get the date wrong. So uh, right now we try and just show, tell people what our priorities are, what we're working on, um, and as soon as we have a date, we'll share it. But yeah, I think the safest thing to do is just treat dates in software development as estimates. Uh, at best. I guess that helps with you know allocating blame as well. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> um, Unleashed aims to the solution of choice globally. To be present in different countries, what is the right approach when addressing different countries like currency, tax, language of the software, that sort of thing? Uh, luckily for us, a lot of the differences between countries and regions uh, don't impact much on inventory processes, I guess. Uh, if you're in the UK or in, in New Zealand, you'll still be purchasing from a supplier, sending a purchase order to them, whether it's an EDI purchase order or an email. Um, again, it's relatively the same. Um, the only big things that, that impact inventory management, I guess, is when it comes to interactions with the accounting systems and, and taxes and things like that. Uh, big biggest one, elephant in the room, would be taxes in the US just because they're so different in terms of 
how they approach those versus UK, Australia, New Zealand, where we've got just some value-added tax uh, system. But yeah, that, that there is something that we work around currently, uh, and it does work, but there's always room to improve if we're wanting to, to say that we fully support um, the US tax system. Um, but yeah, in general, we're quite lucky in the inventory management space in that the processes people take to get inventory in and out of their businesses and manage stock once they're already in the business does not differ much per region. So we're lucky in that regard, but um, yeah, it just means that we need to get it right when whatever we do because it's going to be used by every region, not just one. Cool. Yeah, no, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, awesome. Well, that wraps up all our um, Unleashed questions. Random question at the end of every uh, podcast that we do. Uh, what are the top three games you're playing now and why? Top three games I'm playing? Um, I've always been a Counter-Strike fan, so I do play that. Uh, I also play Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Uh, they're a very, uh, very popular game, I'm sure um, everyone knows about that one. But uh, Hearthstone or Overwatch is a is another. Um, is that your side game? Yeah, it's just once I get bored of the first two. But yeah, be surprised how much you can learn about software and software development playing games. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess a lot goes into you can sort of see, you know, oh look, they're they're re releasing this patch this yeah, this point. Yeah. How would that look from our point of view in the business sort of thing? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess. Yes, we're constantly learning. Awesome. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for coming in and um, doing the interview with us, Matt. It was great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Unleashed Academy podcast with me, Dylan. Check us out at unleashedsoftware.com for more inventory tips. And don't forget to visit the Unleashed Academy for more short and sweet videos on how to manage your inventory and much more.